This is For Advisors by Advisors. I'm your host, Evan J. Mayer. And today, we're not gonna actually have an interview. We've had a good run of a few different interviews, but today, we're gonna talk about the most hated things financial advisors have to deal with. There's about 12 on my list here, but I thought I would share them. And this is just my personal opinion. We all have different opinions of things in our jobs or our careers that bother us. But as financial advisors, I think a lot of us might have some similarity to our lists. Number one and two, I'll combined, the qualified lead emails that we get on LinkedIn, I get spammed a ton. I wanna say twice a day, I get an email or a message promising me qualified leads or referrals. Now, there is probably a market for it because as much spam as I'm getting, it's gotta work with somebody. Uh, one, I don't want them. And two, I really don't want to get the emails and spams, but I keep getting them. So I don't know a way to stop it other than not reading them, but that's one thing that bothers me. And again, I'm sure there's somebody that could use those qualified leads. Um, my practice is just kind of self-sustaining and the capacity that I don't need to cold call or want qualified leads at this point. Two, the advisor help coaching leads. So we get those a lot where, you know, you're going to get invited to a seminar and it's going to cost you $750 and they're going to help change and mold your practice. Now, let me be clear. I believe in advisor coaching. I don't believe that twice a day getting a spam from different companies is worth it or that I want to do it. So again, just more of an annoyance in the way that they market or send stuff to me on a constant basis. We've all dealt with number three, the wholesaler that can't stop selling his own product as the only option. Now, first and foremost, I believe in wholesalers. They provide great sales skills, teaching ability, teaching you new things, teaching you ideas or concepts. They can be very supportive for client events, things along those lines. I don't use a ton anymore because I don't do a ton of packaged products, but you know the wholesaler I'm talking about. They come into your office, and they will sell you on this product. And no matter what you say as a rebuttal, their product is the best. Now, we all think our product is the best. We shouldn't think our product is the best for every situation. When you have a wholesaler that thinks their product is the best for every situation, it's normally not <laughs> the best for every situation and you should explore other options. I'll correlate this to the advisor you like, excuse me, the, the wholesaler you like, but that wholesaler Every time you see them, pitches you. That can get kind of annoying as well. So I think uh, the best wholesalers are the ones that don't pitch or look for the opportunity when it's right to do the pitch. Obviously, everybody's got to pitch at some point. I get that. Number four, recruitment calls. I get. I used to get bombarded. When I say bombarded, three to four. Again, I don't think that recruiters are all bad. I think there's great recruiters out there and I think there's firms out there that will help people make a good decision. We actually had Nick Nielsen on about a week ago and he talked specifically about, he w wishes he would have hired a recruiter to do that. So the problem I have with the recruitment calls is they are relentless, one, and two, sometimes they lie. I've gotten, you know, hey, just let Evan know it's my Uncle Larry. Now, I have a gatekeeper on my staff that actually stops most of these. I want to say her success rate is like 99 out of 100. She's able to block them, but they get through sometimes. And before she was on my team, 
I would get bombarded daily by these. So again, a lot of recruiters out there. I don't know if there's a better way. I know lying's not a good way and saying that you're somebody that you're not is, is a good way. I actually have another story where I was being called by a recruiter a lot. I actually like the recruiter a lot. I got a call one day from a different recruiter and I, I this is back like 10 years ago. I changed my practice to fee-based so my production numbers had dropped. And he's like, well, based on your production numbers, I'm going to be your new point of contact. And I said, you know, it's interesting he, the way he put that because it was almost like, you know, you're, well, you're too low for me, uh, which which was funny because I was actually changing my practice and, you know, the, the new guy probably would want to call on me now, but I got so turned off by that. So, yeah, bombardment by recruitment calls that you get. Also, the late night emails, okay? Um, getting the late night emails is one of my top... Uh, top uh, on the list here. And that's like you get an email from a client, they're either concerned or they have a question and you want to address it, but you get the email at like 10 o'clock at night and you don't want to deal with it. And then you're thinking about it and you stay awake. I'm very neurotic, a very A-type personality, like to get stuff done when I get an email that late at night. I found ways to fix that a little bit by having a separate folder and only looking at that folder when I get to the office or in the morning. So I started working on that a little bit and that helps, but you know, I used to not have a way about that. Um, too much paperwork. We all have these situations where you have to repaper, you have to redo something based upon the account being titled as a trust or as a personal account, and you may have to go through the process of repapering. Again, most of the things on this list I've avoided or, or found a, a workaround from. Um, certain things you can't, right? Like certain paperwork. But the firms you go to do matter, you know, uh, and, you know, Again, what, which firm you're at might make things a little bit more difficult. Again, very happy where I am today. I don't have to deal with a lot on this list, but this is stuff that I had to deal with in the past. Um, and just relentless paperwork needs or, you know, the, you know, this box wasn't checked. And so you need to go and get the client signature, right? Got to do it. Part of the business. We've all had those situations where we're like, oh, we really have to go back to the client for this. That, you know, that's compliance. What, you know, not much we can do there. The, uh, let's see, over adjusting for government regulations. I remember when the fiduciary rule came out. Again, most of these rules actually have a good rational reason. Sometimes firms go overboard. They go to one extreme. And when a new government policy changes, they don't know what to do and they really don't want to get in trouble. And so, and I get it on the firm's end, but it can make an advisor's life very, very, very difficult when the firm goes too much uh, in that way. And I'll add on to a couple of the things that are on this list, which is, you know, I also put in here when firms change course with new management. At my prior firm, we had a management shift about, I want to say six times in like eight years, I had different managers and some of them were great and some of them were not. Most of them were great, didn't have much issue with any of them maybe one or two, but not, you know, nothing major, but the course change and well, now here's how we're going to do things that can be very, very bothersome for an advisor. And what most advisors that are in these firms do, and I was very friendly with a lot of them that had been here, you know, been at the firm for 15 to 25 years, they would say, Hey, Evan, there's going to be a new management in two years. Don't take it so tough. Don't worry so much about what they say. <laughs> And I hate saying that, but that's that's the way things were. Um, so, and they were right because things would change, and you would re-examine and go, 
maybe I don't need to take that to that extreme. So that's another thing I put down here. Bad advisors spoil the bunch. We know there are bad advisors out there. And we know the percentage that of bad advisors out there is not the majority. We know the majority of advisors are trying to do right by their clients and do the right thing. There's that bad group that creates rules and regulations around the good advisors that shouldn't have to deal with that, right? Or should not have to deal with those headaches. So in saying that, I'm a big fan of regulation, believe in regulation. I believe most of the regulation comes because there's bad, bad actors or bad characters in our field. And that, you know, that gets me upset every once in a while, you know, or, or a client says, you know, how can I trust you because this happened? And you go, well, you know, that wasn't me and that person is bad and that not every advisor is bad. And that goes to another point, which is, you know, in our business, you almost do have the guilty till proven innocent situation, right? If you do a lot of business, you've been in the business for a long time, you occasionally might have a client that saw something a different way. In our business, you have to be, you have to prove your innocence most of the time. You're guilty until you prove your innocence. Now, um, depending upon where you are, you're actually treated very, you know, fairly and saying, hey, we, we just, we gotta, we gotta check the boxes. And you understand that as an advisor, you gotta deal with that. But it's one of the negatives of our business is that you automatically feel like you're defending yourself uh, and have to defend yourself. And that's, you know, that's unfortunately part of part of the business. And last, the last thing I have on this list, and again, I love your feedback. If you have any other ones that you're like, you know, I hate this, I can't stand this, your feedback is appreciated. Corporate meetings. Now I've gone independent, so I do not have to deal with this anymore, but I remember, you know, you would have these quarterly, semi-annual or annual corporate meetings. And a lot of those meetings, and this is the one thing that management never truly gets about the individual advisor. And I don't know why they don't get it. I actually had one boss, I had two bosses uh, at my last place that, that actually did not spend a lot of time with this. Everybody else did. Those two bosses know who they are. They were great. But when they have a corporate meeting and they spend an hour talking about the team goals of the financial advisors in the territory, as far as how they rank in the region overall as a group and, and how we're gonna, we gotta get our group going and so on and so forth. I understand team, but financial advisors at the end of the day, we are separate. We run our practices separate. And whether that manager, and again, I like these managers, I want them to succeed. I want them to do well. But to spend an hour talking about the team goals, that doesn't do anything for the financial advisor other than them sitting there saying, you know, I should go up and get another cup of coffee or another glass of water, you know, something to make the time go by, you know, a little quicker. So, or, you know, you get, and, and we've had this before too at these corporate meetings, again, not where I am now, but in other places in the past, where you get, you know, the wholesaler supported it. So we have to do a big wholesaler event for two hours and it's on a product or a thing that you're just not interested in. And you have to kind of sit through that. And that's the thing about these meetings. You want to go because there is that one hour or two hours of really valuable content. You tend to not find that over the course of a day. And it's hard because, you know, you want your only meeting, you don't want your team to have to come out every month or every quarter, you know, so... So you, you try to run them, you know, once a year or twice a year or maybe quarterly, and you try to pack in as much information as possible. And you end up leaving there that day, retaining probably an hour or two of the good stuff and 
trying to forget about the, the six hours you kind of wasted on the things that you were not interested in. So that's my list for, you know, for now. I think we can all relate to the recruiter call or the lead, the qualified leads or the paperwork or the, you know, the super changes in compliance that can happen and affect things. These are all things financial advisors have to deal with. There's, I should come out with my list of things that we love to do, which is there's a lot, there's a lot more of the things than we hate or we wouldn't be financial advisors. So that's my list. Hope you enjoyed it. You can email us at fouradvisorsbyadvisors at gmail.com. You can find us on LinkedIn through my, my LinkedIn page. Feel free to connect with me there. And then also on Instagram. Hope you guys have a great day and I look forward to the next one. Talk to you soon.